Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the fantasy football playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard. Blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back, and it's the day that Dalvin Cook has decided to hold out on a contract with the Vikings. Dalvin, what you're doing to me? I finally got my dynasty team nailed down, and now my stud RB's holding out. Murph's not bothered about this one little bit because he doesn't like the guy anyway. He's not by the rule of 16. No, it's not. It's I've completely decided now after the conversation today... You're all off Dalvin Cook. Big man, how are you doing? I'm good. I mean, I don't own any shares of Dalvin Cook, so it's great. Like except for a couple of best balls, which don't really matter. So um <laughs> but outside of that, like I don't I don't own any shares of Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's always been priced too high for me. I say that every year. So yeah, you know, if he, if he's available in the fourth, fifth round, I might have a little tinkle on him. But um 
since I don't think that's going to happen, I think it's another year of me not owning Dalvin Cook. And uh, I wrote a really good thread on uh, on Twitter, which I think makes the case as to why I think he's being reckless and a little bit silly. We, we, we might own him if I manage to get in a draft on my own again and I, I pick him and you're not there because that's my... Like, my... A, like AJ card. Green last year. I was like, please, just whatever you do, don't draft AJ Green. <laughs> to be fair, you did take him in the eighth round, so I wasn't as mad. Exactly. And all right, it didn't pan out, but it might have been good. When, and, you know, if he's there again this year, I'm taking him, as you've seen in pretty much everything we've done already. But enough about our drafting and, and my mishaps and Dalvin Cook wasting my time once again. We've got a couple of guests on today, Murph, that are pretty good guys. That's that's probably the weakest intro. <laughs> They're pretty good guys. All right, let's cheers, fellas. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you know, you're right. pretty good guys. If you if you were if you if you haven't seen them on the video show, Rush Nation, they were here, but they've just left because I've destroyed the start of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, though, we've got two great guys from across the water. It's John and BJ from For the Love of Sundays podcast, or FTLS, as it goes by on all your podcast stations. Boys, welcome to Five Yard Rush. How are you doing? And I apologize for murdering the intro. No, that was a great intro, because that's pretty much how I describe ourselves. We're, we're just good guys, so uh, they pretty much nailed it. Everything's good, man. How's everything with you guys? Yeah. Dandy. We're always <laughs> yeah. dandy. Always yeah. dandy. Just, just always imagine that we're good. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, life's good, you know. I mean, yeah, we're in lockdown. There's a global pandemic and the world all wants to kind of burn itself down. But if you take all of that out, it's not <laughs> it's not too bad, I guess. It's fine. Inside the four walls of this podcast, life is perfect and everything <laughs> yeah. is gravy. That's it's all, all I have to It's say. all dreamy. Stocks has got a great hat on, you know. BJ's got branded hat on. You yep. know, you've had a fresh trim and I, I, my Chewbacca look is, is coming on better than ever. So, you know, I think we're all good. Yeah, I'd say so. Brian, I know Brian's a little quiet today. He's probably in solace about this uh, Dalvin Cook news. No, I'm not. I'm fine about it. John, I told you I, I spoke my piece on the phone with you. I'm going to survive. We're all going to be good here. But yeah, it's a little hiccup. It's a little road bump. We're going to be a little hiccup for the, reigning, we're in the, the reigning FTLS champ. I'm just excited to be on the podcast, guys. One that's uh, not the FTLS podcast. Well, it's great to have you. And if we're in a league where you own Dalvin Cook, you know, I'll give you a, a fourth round 2022 rookie pick for, for Dalvin <laughs> Cook if you want. Let you, let you take that stress away. You know, I can, I can probably part with that. I was I'm trying, not... Murph, I was trying for it earlier today because he, he owns Dalvin in the FTLS, our big league. And uh, so I just, I sent the obligatory text. What's your stress level on Dalvin? <laughs> you know, you have to ask. And uh, he's, he talked himself off a bridge. So Brian seems to think that he's fine and he's, uh, he's going to hang on to him. I, I don't, I don't know if he's fine, but I think he has some things working in his favor. A, what happened to Melvin Gordon last year um, will deter guys from going the whole way with one of these things, I think. And mm. we'll see how smart he is about it. But realistically, does he have a lot of outs other than trying to come to, some time, kind of agreement with Minnesota. I mean, he really doesn't. Absolutely not, especially with the new CBA. So the new yeah. CBA is stating that, you know, if you're not there the first day of camp, that's your year accrued gone, which that fourth year is is vital. It's mm-hmm. so important because that's your that's your pension, that's your benefits, that's your aftercare post, post-football. That's, you know, never having to go through waivers. There's so many benefits um, you get from being a four-year veteran in the league. So it's pretty important he turns up, even if he's not going to get paid, 
just so that he gets that fourth year under his collar. If he hits the market next year, he hits the market next year. He gets some money and, and you see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'm with you, BJ. You know, I joke aside, I don't think he does hold out um, for that. I think there's just too much that says he's not, whether he gets a deal or not. I think he turns up. I think my, um, my analogy to John was, I think the way that some of these high quality running backs will do it is they're just going to, now that Melvin Gordon happened, um, they're just going to squeeze as much juice out of it as they can as out of the contract and out of the team and, um, you know, push them to the limit to give them, because look, Melvin Gordon's a perfect example. Like it did not work. He lost a lot of money because of what he did. So I don't see other running backs thinking it's a good idea uh, to go all the way. No. And, and then you factor in on top of that, not mm-hmm. just not just the fact that he's going to lose money by not playing. And, you know, he wasn't as high a pick as Melvin Gordon. So he's, he's, he's still mm-hmm. going to earn some good money this year. This would be the year of his contract he earns For good sure. money. But when, when you take all of that aside, it's, it's just your long-term future and everything that you've got to go for you. I mean, it's pretty unlikely Minnesota pay him. It's pretty unlikely. They don't mm-hmm. have the money. They don't have the money this year. They don't have the money next year because if salary cap goes down anywhere from 30 to 80 million, which is what Adam Schefter is saying, you know, they got, they got 30, 32.9 to spare and they haven't signed any draft picks, any of their other free agents that are going to leave and then any other free agents they might need, you know, all that money's tied up in cousins. So, and they just extended him. So, you know, I think Dalvin's a bit un, out of luck there. I think he needs to take his situation say, all right, I'll play this year. I'll, I'll get my, you know, I get what I need. Because even if he goes down hurt this year and he needs surgery, he's covered for life if he goes yeah. down this year. As horrible as that is, it's better to, if you're going to go down and get hurt, it's better to do it knowing you're going to get your cover than you're not. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. It'll be interesting, though. It'll be interesting. Another guy, another running back we're talking about, right? It's always <laughs> always. always running back. Always and then, one. And then under, under the ripples of that, you got Joe Mixon in there and Joe Mixon – might potentially hold out. I think his situation is very different. I think he's got a slightly different prognosis. And I think that the Bengals have a bit more cap and, you know, they're trying to put bums in seats. I think that's a little bit of a different situation. I think he has more leverage as well. Um, No, I wouldn't say he's got tons, but he's got more than, than Dalvin has for me. And then, um, so I, you know, I was in a draft earlier and I took Rodney Anderson with the last pick. I just thought, why not? Instead of a kicker, I can't bother to pick up a kicker. I'll just pick one up later on. It's a 20 team as well. So it's like, I'm, I'm definitely getting like a bottom of the barrel kicker here, but I don't care. I'll take Rodney Anderson because I'll flip him for something. Don't mind Wait that. for the hype to happen and then flip him. <laughs> exactly. Wait for the Twitter hype. That's what me and Brian were talking about that last episode, how Twitter ruined sleepers for everybody because they don't exist anymore because they might be a sleeper now in June, but then come draft season, their ADP catches way up to consensus ranking. So it's crazy. It really does. You only have to look at Dante Pettis. Uh, Dante Pettis is probably one of the better examples of that. He snuck into a seventh round ADP. (laughs) He's a prime. Pettis is the perfect example of Twitter just going out of control and then a player just not matching that hype. We all bought it. Oh, of course we did. I'm starting to think there was a conspiracy going on, though, with this whole thing, with pushing up the, uh, you know, ADPs of these sleepers. And so experts can get, uh, you know, a better piece and a better value on some of these veterans, which – I don't know. Could happen. Could be, could be the case. Conspiracy <laughs> theories off, off the board. I like it. So let's start our own. Here's an idea, right? Yeah. And I pick, I've already got the player in mind that we should go after, right? 
Mm-hmm. Raquel Armstead. Ooh. Okay. So Raquel Armstead's ADP is, I don't know, 12th, 13th, 14th round, somewhere like that. He's, he's pretty cheap. Um, what if we just start saying that, you know, there's some talk about Fournette and the organization don't like him. I mean, it's pretty easy to string the pieces together. Sure. You know, he's been ejected from games. He lost his guarantees. His legs are made of noodles, as we say on our podcast quite a lot. And why don't we just, you know, keep fueling it every day. Just put a little something on Twitter just saying, oh, you know, just not really quite sure. You know, they don't really have a talented back there. Raquel Armstead, I mean, he had that boomer in week 16 or 17, whatever it was. You know, you don't need Leonard Fournette. Just see how high we can get that price up. Let's see if we can get him up. I mean, I'd be taking Raquel Armstead because I do buy into this a little bit. But let's see if we can get him up into like the seventh round. That would be amazing. That would be great. I would be be proud of myself. I'd be really proud of myself that I had that much control over someone's ADP. I would love it. So we just do it every day. The people listening to this, they can be involved in in the joke and they can even join in and just leak a little bit of Raquel Armstead truth or truth uh, out there. Um, do we do we need to lead by example though and start drafting him at randomly high prices just to <laughs> really push the boat out? Yeah. Taking him in mock drafts for just just for you know giggles. Yeah, just yeah. Like going after the one dollar best ball drafts and just start taking him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy taking Raquel Armstead in the fifth? Man, he must know something we don't. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's it. This is sold. That's the mm-hmm. summer project sorted for the next three months. Yep. Right. Let's see how high we can push him. If we can get Raquel Armstead up into like the eighth or the seventh round, that's a that's a win. <laughs> for sure. I'd be proud of I'd be proud of both the FTLS and the five yard rush nation. I'd be I think we'd I'd be have proud to get t shirts made. Yes. I remember when Raquel Armstead was right, right in Raquel with trust. That's what we yeah. just gotta say. I drafted oh, Raquel Armstead and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like when Antonio Brown had the Bills t-shirt for 25 seconds. Perfect. Yeah, That was great. So guys, how did you get into football and talking about fantasy football, obviously, with your podcast? Uh, the podcast started, Brian basically asked me if we wanted, if he's the commissioner of our home league, uh, our very serious for the love of Sunday's FTLS home league. And so he came to me and said, John, I want to do a podcast for the guys and just talk about the league, talk about trades that go down, talk about different things going into weekly matchups. Uh, I, I, I was bartending. I had nothing but time on my hands. So I said, sure, why not? I'll, I'll help you out. I'll do this podcast with you. So we bought some cheap mics, hooked up in the garage and started making a podcast for about 12 other guys, 13 other guys. Um, it was really fun. We had a ton of fun doing it. It was an excuse to hang out and talk about fantasy football. And then all, I don't know, something happened. It caught wind a little bit and started taking off and we started getting a couple hundred downloads in episodes. So now we do it year round and it's not just on the league. I mean, in season, we talk a lot about the league. We talk a lot about trades that go on and things like that. Um, but now Brian does his rankings. Uh, he f- submits them to fantasy pros. I write articles for different people all over the all over the uh, Twitter sphere. So we kind of slowly worked our way into this and worked our way into just talking about fantasy football by loving fantasy football and playing together for forever. Yes, it was almost exactly a parallel story to how Five Yard started as well. Me and my mate, we were in an eight-team league, so there wasn't even like 14 people to listen. It was just me, him, and six people listening. For pretty much the whole first season, we had six downloads a week. Awesome. We were just talking smack about the others. And then same as you, it's just snowboard and snowboard. And here we are today talking to you guys with the same story 
other side of the world. So I know it's cool. It's always good to see. And, you know, me and Brian have known each other since before we could walk. And so, you know, it's fun that we get to do this and do stuff like this, be on other people's shows now and people invite us on. And uh, it's, it's great. It's a ton of fun that we get to do this together. Yeah. I think the biggest thing too, was, is how most of us all start with the podcast too is we just, John and I would, would talk on end either on the phone or through text of different things fantasy-wise. And my idea was, hey, we do this, you know, we talk to each other. Why don't we just put this on a podcast? And um, it'll be a cool way to just do it and sit around an excuse for us uh, with, our, with our wives to just get together and have a good time and talk football. <laughs> and, um, you know, it slowly developed into something here. It's, it's fun. And, and that's the thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't fun. Uh, and we just have a blast doing it. We have a blast getting on the mics twice a week and just talking football. Do you, do you find that during this period now we're in this weird lockdown? I mean, we're still a bit locked down here. I think you guys are slightly more relaxed where you are. Do you find it as a form of escapism that is like the one thing that is still real about what's going on in the world? Like you just get away from it all for an hour, two hours a week or however much time you spend. And it's the only part that still feels like you're old. Well, the old before COVID lockdown kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, this gives me, I just moved from Boston down to Florida. So, um, you know, being able to get on the mics and talk to Brian still gives me that sense of home and gives me that sense of normalcy in that regard as well. And, and you're right, the COVID thing and, you know, life is crazy outside of these four walls. We joked about it before we got on the air. Um, but when I'm in this booth and I just get to talk about fantasy football, it does. It brings me that sense of normalcy to my week that I get to look forward to. It's cool. Yeah, same here. It's you know, there's a lot of things that are going on in the world right now. Um, and everybody has their own individual hurdles to get past. Uh, and for me, you know, I, I called John right before this. And I said, oh, I'm so excited to do a podcast today. Just this morning was just, you know, it was just a lot of things. And uh, it was just <laughs> a lot, <laughs> it was of, a lot life of life. It was a lot you. of life. And I'm like, oh, it would just be nice to just sit around and talk football for once. It's just, it's something that I enjoy doing. So definitely yeah i'm not religious at all but tuesday nights well tuesday night our time is pretty much my church time i get to lock myself away for an hour or two hours or sometimes even four hours to my wife's behest and uh <laughs> just chat football with murph so yeah it's uh it's, it's good for us and i think it's good for the soul having something you can dive into personally and uh, on a side note chaps we were talking about alexander Matson a little while earlier i've just had a trade come through i drafted him in Oh, I don't remember what it was just a, a handcuff draft at that point. And uh, some guys just offered me Adrian Peterson, Chase Edmonds, a 2020 first, no, a 2021 fifth and a 2021 seventh for Alexander Madison. No. I'm thinking and this is a swift decline, right? Yeah. This is the guy who gave away all 10 of his rookie draft picks to draw, to get the number one overall. So he could draft wow. two. <laughs> so you could draft two. Wow. Yeah. It is a super flex league, but yeah. Um, That's still, I mean, Madison's a good player though. He's a really good player. And I never had a, <clears throat> you know, going into last year, I never had an issue. I, I just always thought yeah, Dalvin cook was such a superior running back. And he obviously showed that last year and the injury history is the injury history, but Madison's a very good player. Very useful. I think they're going to use him a little more, even with Dalvin cook there, they're going to use him just a, a tick a little more this year. Um, and obviously his, his, you know, you can take advantage of that skyrocketing uh, mm. stock that he's got going on right now because it's really I, I 
in the end, I think he is capped a little bit. I mean, I don't think he was meant to be a kind of only running back in the backfield in an NFL backfield. He needs a guy who is a big hitter like um, Cook to work well with. I see. I slightly disagree with that because I look at what he has done last season. Um, you know, yards per carry were better than Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, he had eight breakaway runs, which was massive. You know, you know, Dalvin had eleven, and you know, you're talking about two and a half times less the workload. Um, red zone touches is where I always sort of compare how much does an organization value you in your role. You know, he had 27, 27 mm. red zone touches. Dalvin had fifty. And again, Dalvin had two and a half times the workload. So, the, you know, the one area that you'd like to see more of Madison this year, unless you're a cook owner, is um, is goal line carries. You know, he only had a couple last year. You want to see him get in the end zone. And I think he, that's where he will play a role this year, regardless of whether Cook plays out or not. Yeah, I, I just I wouldn't be giving away Madison for much right now. It, it would take a, it would take a really good offer for me to lose Madison at this stage because. The price is just going to go up. The more it goes, the more this talk is fueled, this, the, the more it's going to go. And especially if you've got a cook owner who wants Madison, oh my God, I'm driving that price all the way up. I'm talking about sure. multiple first round picks. I'm talking about, you know, a player now who's going to slot in. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to make him pay the farm. I'm literally going to rid his team of everyone. Like just to get, because you know you can and you will get your price, whether you don't get it now but the more that sold out talk goes, this price just goes up every single day. So, um, you know, you want to, you want to be buying Alexander Madison at a low price and hope someone hasn't seen it. If you're in drafts, you want to be picking him up probably two rounds higher. I think now he is a seventh, seventh round pick. I think even a back end of the sixth, depending on where you're structured and your team is, I'd, I'd be looking, this is what we would do with Austin Eckler last year. You know, we were picking him up in that price thinking, well, he's going to have a role. He's going to do things. He's a primary handcuff. And, you know, you still got, even if Cook reports, you still got this injury concern. And that's the other thing. And you know, when he walks in, he's the best handcuff in the league with the exception sure. of maybe Tony, Tony Pollard. So you, you're always going to have upside of having him, but yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's a great take. And I, I totally agree with you saying that his price is definitely the longer this, that's just how it works. The longer this goes on, the more fuel it, you know, it gets on the fire, uh, the higher the price will go for Madison. So if you own him, you can cash in pretty good. Um, yeah. That wouldn't get it done for me because there's the picks aren't high enough, but uh, yeah. I, I think if the longer you hold on to that, Matt, you know, Madison, you're going to get some really, really nice offers that eventually will probably push you to the point that you're going to want to trade them. But right now, no. I mean, what what you really want is like Raquel Armstead. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, Murph, you talked about sixth, seventh round there for Madison. Is that before or after our boy Raquel? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> I, think, I think they're on a par. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. Two yeah, top end handcuffs. Yeah, you get those two in and you sort it. You know, you get both of them guys on the six, seven turn. Whoa. Oh, there you go. You're all set. <laughs> say hello to say hello to Championship City Population Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. some uh, serious zero RB strategy there, Raquel and uh, Matson six seven. I guess boys, did you you growing up together, do you support the same team then? Yes. Yeah, we both grew up in Boston. Uh, we're Patriots fans. Um, I, I, I know 
I'm I'm a fan of good football. Well, you're so. a Patriots fan. You have a Willie McGinnis jersey in the background. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my, my Willie McG- I'm a I'm a fan of good football. So I'm not like some of these Patriots fans. It's it's all Patriots all the time. I, I I'm 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 a fan of just a competitive game and watching good football. So uh, as I get older, my sort of fandom definitely sort of just lies with the NFL. But no, Patriots born and raised. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, right. it's I'm with John too on that. It's like. The older I get, um, you know, I, and I don't know if it's it's callous buildup from, you know, the, the run that the Patriots had or it's just kind of like you want to change or whatever, but I'm just more of a fan of the NFL now. But I've, I'll always root for the Patriots. I don't get to watch them, especially when you dive more into fantasy football. You start watching, yeah. you know, other games just as Everyone. much as Patriots games. So I was just going to say, do you think, because I am a Broncos fan, if I had to put my hat down uh, as a fan it would be Broncos but I think getting into fantasy football so deep and so fast as I've done has diluted my fandom for one team and now I just like like John said like I like football mm-hmm. rather than but it, if I had to be a fan it would be Broncos but good football and fantasy football is is where I'm at and I think I don't know Murph doesn't look like he agrees with me because he's a diehard Bucks fan but I think being in the fantasy football industry, I think maybe takes for me is anyway taking a bit of the edge off my my team's fandom. I see. I think it fuels it more. Maybe that's because Bucks players always relevant in fantasy football. Very. I yeah, they're usually very I mean, relevant. You can't really say that about the Patriots um, and 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 the Broncos. Although this year Broncos, maybe that might be different. Um, I don't know. I just I I I see. I can separate the two. I can be a I can be a fan of the game and love and watch every game. But I always am looking at it with the angle of this result would favor the Bucks or this it won't, um, <laughs> and that's just that's just a fact of it. Like I'm a Bucks fan through and through. Twenty years, you know. Um, I just I I look at that and think of every result and every player, every team. And it's always the first thing I'm looking at is, is Buccaneers scores and Buccaneers stats before I'm looking at fantasy football stats. Mainly because I'm probably playing too many leagues that um, <laughs> by the time I sit there and work it out, it's Thursday and it's time to set some new lineups. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, like I get it. I get the take. Um, but I just, I, I guess I'm just too competitive. I just always have that fandom in me of like, I have to support a team and I have to be all in on it. Um, and I've only ever changed teams once in my life. And that was in baseball. Ironically, we were talking about that off air where I was a Marlins fan for so long. And then they got, you know, Derek Jeter and I was like mm, that's it I'm done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, I, I have family who live in, in Northern Virginia just outside Washington and so I'd go there quite frequently and um, get to Nationals Park so then I started going to Nats games and I was like I'm not going to go to Marlins games so now I, I support the Nats I've been supporting them for about seven eight years um, but I just yeah I mean I had a good time being a Marlins fan but it's more of a casual sport for me. So that's why I kind of allow it. Yeah. Fair. I feel like that's how people become, you know, when you meet people who are random fans, like I'm a Michigan fan, which random Michigan football. I went to Michigan. My dad worked for the university of Michigan. I went to a bunch of Michigan football games when I was in that prime, like 13, 14, 15 year old age. And it just, you're a fan for life. So once you start going to a game, like you said, you went to nationals games, it's easy to become a fan. If you're like, I'm there, I'm starting to buy into it. 
uh, especially at like a, a young impressionable age. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think at any age, I think if you start going, you start to have an affinity with that team. Like if you just started turning up at um, Tampa, um, yeah, then you know you'll probably have some affinity. Again, they probably won't replace your love of the Patriots, but they're in different conferences. You can have that luxury of supporting both teams. Um, especially as they seem to have a very good relationship in passing players from uh, from one to the other at the moment. I mean, we're just waiting for <laughs> it seems Edelman. Unbelievable, to, right? I know we're just waiting for Edelman to turn up, and then uh, you know we're, we're probably there. Maybe James White might hop over next season, and then we're all set. You get Koskowski. You can have him kicking uh, field goals for you. It's all right. We got Manny Gay. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to say about the uh, the chase too, as a fan, like. I feel like my fandom for, you know, some of these teams have become more diluted as like, you know, adding championships. So like say the Patriots championships, their first championships were so much more exhilarating to me than some of the later ones outside of, you know, the Atlanta one Atlanta, was something special. Smokes. But um, and same with the Red Sox. Like I was a massive Red Sox fan when I was younger and then they started adding, you know, they broke the curse. They started adding some championships and it's just like, it kind of gets a little diluted. Like mm-hmm. after the chase is kind of over as a fan, it's kind of like, it's not the same. And that's kind of how I felt with the Patriots, even through this last, like, you know, I, I, the first one, obviously in this last segment of, of Super Bowls was, was special because it's like, okay, they got over the hump again and that's cool. And then Atlanta was special, but the last one, like the Rams, God, that, it was a boring game. Uh, they came out on top, but it was like it was so bittersweet that that Super Bowl. <laughs> it was very strange. I don't know if John felt yeah. the same. Uh, I was working, so I, I was I was at the bar working. I didn't feel that way because the bar was crazy. It was oh, hype, yeah. and so I was I was living that energy. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it it definitely does take away when you when you and I hate to sound like that type of Patriots fan, but when you do start winning, you know five six it's like mm. all right i wanna i like the idea people think we just roll out of bed and get 12 wins like i tell my nephew all the time i'm like that's not how nfl teams operate that's not normal you know like don't this is not gonna last forever it's gonna go back to dark times you know i remember going to shea <laughs> stadium when the team sucked and so like it, it'll go back to being very dark times uh and those are also fun. It's what builds your resolve as a fan. I couldn't agree with that more. So I'm, in the, I'm an Arsenal season ticket holder. I've been an Arsenal fan my whole life. You know, nothing will beat the pinnacle of 04 going the entire season unbeaten. Something that no team has, has done since. Hadn't been done in over 100 years. And people say like, oh, Arsenal fans, you bang on about it. You bang on about it. I said, because that's the pinnacle of our fandom. It will never get better than that. <laughs> we can win another title, but it will never be that. It will never be that moment. Right. And that's that's why we talk about it because everything afterwards is is you know is ironically it was our last championship which yeah. you know kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but at the same token, if, if we won it the following year, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. That it's great, but it's never as great for as long. It's kind of right. like you celebrate it, and then it's like yeah, and then you just add a little bit, it just lasts a little bit less, and a little bit less, and a little bit less, and a little bit less. Now, if we win a title, I'll go mental because we haven't won one for 15 years. And we're not going to win one this year. So <laughs> you've had that lull. You've come out the other side. You've seen the, the bottom almost. And I think, yeah, you need to have those times as a fan where you're not always winning. Um, because I, and this is where, I don't know what you do if you're a Tennessee Titans fan. Because you've not won a title, right? And you're not going to win a title. 
pretty much. Like, let's be pretty clear. They're probably not going to win a title anytime soon. But you just plod along and you win eight, nine, ten games every year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of what you do. You've done nine and seven, four years in a row. Like, is that actually fun? Can't be. <laughs> Like can't it can't be fun. It can't be fun just to get into the playoffs every year and lose. It's like in Texas, right? With the, with the Texans. Yep. That can't be fun to just sit there knowing you're going to win a division title and then lose in the first round, second round of the playoffs. Like it can't be fun. It can't be, <laughs> be going. It's like you sit in the moment of it. Yeah, we won another division title, and we know that the season's going to end in two weeks' time. Like you don't have. I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. I'm not even like joking now. If you're a Tennessee fan or a Houston fan, I'm desperately curious. Do you ever believe you're going to win one? Like in in the moments that you've made the playoffs, do you ever think this is our year? We're going to really do it, or are you just thinking eh, we're in it for another couple of weeks and then and then we go home and then we watch the Super Bowl and it's fine. You extend your season for a bit because I I just I think now if you've not been in the playoffs for ten years, getting to the playoffs is an achievement because it's a mental hump you need to get over. It starts a new culture. But if you're in the playoffs every year and you're not winning, that's just where do you go? It's it's because it, you don't really get much for it. You just you, you get a division title or you know you sneak in the wild cards and you think great. Like what do you get for that? You get an extra uh, an extra match day income or you know the players yeah. play an extra week and you can say hey I made the playoffs and maybe that makes your case for a Pro Bowl. I don't really know, but you, like I just don't like. Would you rather like suck for ten years and then and then win a title, or would you just rather plod along at nine and seven every year? I think the rebuttal to it though is like, you know, for us, we saw it in two thousand. I mean, two thousand one, two thousand two thousand one. It was like that's what happened to us. We we were just like forever. Obviously, we had the blood soul led us to the Super Bowl in uh, ninety six, but you know, we were just this team who would sneak in the playoffs every now and then and just bow out and then kind of had that feel with Tom Brady under center in 2001. And it just, there was a little bit of hope. And that's all you need as a fan base, just this little bit of hope and you get in, you get this little bit of hope and it just, and, and you get a couple wins and, and it was, it was special, but yeah, I get what you're talking about. Like Tennessee fans were probably completely deflated last year after what happened in the NFC championship game. And, and like, I'm not knocking it. Cause I actually quite like Tennessee. Like I, mm. I think they've got good players. I think, you know, Ryan Tannehill sensation, you got Derek Henry, you've got good wide receivers, you know, good, great coaching staff. You know, I, I'm not talking about the culture of the club. I'm not talking about anything. Obviously they've got a good culture. Sure. They win games every year. Um, you know, it, it's not any of that. And, and I'm not knocking the organization, how it's run. I'm not knocking any of that, but it's just, they're never, and I don't know if it's, I don't know how they change it to where they can win. Like actually sure. win. I like. Yeah. I don't know what, if I did. I'd be in the NFL in front some front office. <laughs> but it must be like as a fan, you you get there and you must think right. With you know, we're going to go nine and seven again this year, and then we'll probably get in the wild card. And then depending on who we get, we might get a good draw. We might get you know the 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 Texans. You think great, I might have a go at them, and you think you might get through there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got the Ravens, the Chiefs, and you think, well, that's probably it. And yeah, this is why I, 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 you know, I've said this time and time again. I just the AFC side of the playoffs. I don't get excited until the AFC title game because I don't think the, the games are that exciting. I don't even think that they're really magically close that often. I mean, you had the Bills and and Texans game that was pretty good because the Bills kind of choked there. But 
I don't remember many classic wildcard round AFC type, uh, AFC games. Whereas the NFC, when you get into the tournament, that really is anybody's. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean, that just comes down to the division and the teams, you know, that division, the NFC has a, a deeper division. Yeah. I mean, mediocrity kills you. It kills you as a, as an organization, you know, being like you said, nine and seven year in, year out, get you a middling pick, get you kind of in the playoffs and it's, you know, you're just going to be this mediocrity for, for a while. So yeah, it's, you got to get lucky. You got to get, you got to get really lucky, catch lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, and like Cam Newton did with the Panthers that one year played out of his mind for a whole season and they made their way to a Super Bowl. So that's what you're hoping. If you're Tennessee, you get lucky like that, but yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not a, it's not, it can't be great as a fan base. It can't be. It's, it's tough to on the business side too. Like we talk about it, you know, with us, with the de- with the Devils, it's like, you know, we're in a tough spot and uh, we haven't made the playoffs. We've been a bad team for a while, but, you know, you really can't do anything else except keep stacking good players in your organization. And, you know, you hope someday if you just add the right people, add the right players, someday, years down the road, it, it pays off, hopefully. And it's just, I think that's, it's on, you know, it's a long build sometimes. I think Tennessee is, is they're kind you know, they're there, they're right there. They might be a piece or two away. Like you never know. They get lucky. They get the right quarterback in there and not saying that Ryan Tannehill isn't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not my favorite guy. Um, <laughs> I think if they, you know, if they got lucky, get the right quarterback in there, obviously look what it did to Kansas city. It changed their whole, you know, mm-hmm. probably five to 10 year outlook. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, going to be they drafted being... Paddy Mahomes over uh, <laughs> over Corey Davis. <laughs> oh man, That's... it's got to be more fun than being a Browns fan, though, right? Oh, like... <laughs> I don't see. I disagree. I just think there is something always about being the underdog. I just sure. think when you when you are always losing, like when when they went one and thirty one, that Thursday night game over the Jets, where. You know, Baker Mayfield comes on, the possum. Um, you know, they beat um, they beat Sam Darnold. They have all the beer fridges in the city. I mean, that sort of thing buys yeah. into it all. Like, all of a sudden, it's like you win a game and you celebrate that game like you've won a title. Fair. See, I think, I think there's something about supporting a team that is just bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because eventually, when, when you get there and you win games and yeah. you make the playoffs you've gone through that journey of really bad times to I agree to having the worst team in history to to making the playoffs and you've been there through it all i think you get the wide range of emotions i think when you're 8 and 8 9 and 7 or if you're the classic jeff fisher and i mean that's the thing you got to remember the jeff fisher before you know for all those years of 7 and 9 8 and 8 7 and 9 8 and 8 like i don't you know the titans rarely are a bad team and, you know it was only when they picked mariota in number 2 in the draft were they were they a bad team for one or two years? But they've always kind of just been there under Steve McNair. They were the same. They were just there. They were like, yeah, they're a good team. You know, they'll beat you more often than you than you'll beat them. But they they are beatable. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an it's an interesting topic. I'm keen to hear other fans' point of views because I only ever have that fandom of I support a really good team or I support a really bad team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't any sort of middle like. You get a couple of middle years, like the Buccaneers now are kind of in that seven and nine after two years of being five and nine and picking in the top 10 right. um, and just being bad, you know, 
the magic. All right, the magic are kind of they're kind of meh. They might sneak in as the eight seed, but meh. But you need to feel good about those seven and nine years because that's that's progress. You don't. There's not many many times where teams just go from bottom to you know top. Uh, Look at Kansas City's a perfect example. Like they had all the pieces around, they were just missing the quarterback. They're this team that just bowed out of the the playoffs for years. It's really hard. You can't. That's why last year I was getting so frustrated with all this talk about the Browns being a Super Bowl favorite. I'm like. They've been a four and you know twelve team forever. Like what? No one goes from that to just Super Bowl winning team. That just doesn't happen. You have to build the culture first, and obviously the fans deserve it though. Like they're going through that, but they're, I still think they have years ahead of them where they have to go through some some you know trials and tribulations before they get to the pinnacle. But they do have the they got the players now. Like there's no excuse for the Browns. They got the players. They got. I think they got the staff too. I, I do like Stefanski and some of the guys they got there. So, well, you know, the Brown, I think I, I have more optimism for the Browns this year mm. with what they got going than I did with Freddie kitchens last year. Oh, um, Jesus, Freddie. <laughs> that was, Fre- that Freddie was kitchens was like one of us getting a job. It was, that was really like- I, the best analogy was it would be like giving the keys to a Ferrari to a toddler and saying, go drive that Ferrari right now. And that's, they, they got all these pieces. They got all this OBJ Jarvis land, every loaded up the Browns defensive side of the ball. They loaded it up and then, then handed the keys over to some nobody. They hired a position coach. (laughs) (laughs) I had a 20 year positional coach. I don't know what they were thinking. That was the Browns being the Browns. And then they hired Todd Monkey and they were like, Mm. you can yeah. just sit in the corner Todd like I know that you <laughs> powered I know that you powered the second best offense in the NFL the year before but just just stay out of the way this yeah. is my gig oh Freddie it, it would not go well giving my 20 month old son the keys to that Ferrari <laughs> no so. yeah. I can't imagine it would <laughs> it's a good analogy it's a good so guys uh start with John on this we always ask this question to whoever comes on and it's what advice would you give to our listeners or your listeners who are listening or anybody who wants to talk about anything, whether it be model trains that, that popped up a lot on this or flying a kite or talking about fancy football or the NHL? What one bit of advice would you give them on how to get into talking or writing or whatever it is that they want to do? Um, I think there's two, the two, I have two big ones. One is just go for it. You know, don't take risks. You're going to have to, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to look stupid. Uh, the first time we turned the mics on, I, you know, I was definitely covering up, you know, how I spoke and, you know, the way we did things. Cause I didn't want to sound like an idiot and seem dumb. Uh, just go for it. And, and if you really want to do something, you really want to talk about model trains or you want to talk about flying kites, <laughs> go for it. You know, that's then, then do it and be the best at talking about model trains. You can be, and also have fun. Uh, cause you're going to be doing it a lot. And if it's a passion project, like it is for me and Brian, you know, we don't get, I hate to break it to you guys. You're not, you're not going to get paid a ton to do this. Um, but you get, you have a ton of fun and you, you stay with it and good things could happen. So those are kind of my two advices. Yeah. I'm with John. I'd read it reiterate that. And as well as just like, you know, just, just take action. Like he said, right away, like, don't be afraid to take risks, just take action because that's the only way you're going to see any progress. Just jumping into whatever you want to really jump into, uh, whether you think there's obstacles in front of you, you got to start somewhere. I think of it as, you know, when I first started learning how to do carpentry as well, like I didn't even know where to start. It's like, okay, just, just start somewhere, maybe a YouTube. And then you start like, you start 
figuring more things out and figuring more things out. I do. It's the same thing with fantasy football. I, I took that same approach over the last 10, 12 years as well. Um, just take action, just try to, you know, be pliable and, and, and learn from others and uh, have fun is, is the biggest thing with whatever. If you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to do it. That's, that's basically what Gee. it comes down to. Yeah, I love it. I think, I think that's so true. I think the, the, sort of the best things you can do is just, just do it and just have fun. And if you want to, you want to get anywhere with it, you got to work hard. You got to work hard and you got to outwork everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Carly eight said that last week and it was absolutely true um, with that. So just a quick look um, on your 2019 seasons. Personally, how did you get on? Did you bring any, I mean, we talked about Brian taking home the, the big personal title between the two of you. Um, yep. <laughs> How did, yeah. how did you get on overall oh man um, that's yeah. funny brian i'll let you take the floor you are the reigning <laughs> ftls champ so, so how did your we, 2019 season go so we have we have the the ftls league which is basically how this podcast came about anyways and it's uh in its fifth or sixth year i think it's fifth year um and you know john and i hold it in high regard and, and neither of it neither of us had won it prior to this year and i was lucky enough to Piece together a team that that won the uh, formidable Sunpoon Cup that we call it. Uh, it's a beautiful trophy, and um, that was based. I mean, that was the highlight of my year by far. Uh, I I was in. Four, Real question three, is though, Brian, is that the highlight of your life? Is that the might highlight of your life? It might have been the highlight of my life. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad, but yeah, it is. And then uh, I was in three other leagues. I made the playoffs in those, but. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to the pinnacle. I made two semifinals, one quarters, and but this was just something. I had won, I won champ. I've won championships in the past, but this was like the creme de la creme. From I mean, th- there was nothing better, and especially I can rub it into John's face for a whole off season. <laughs> that was the best part about it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so my 2019 season didn't go so well. Uh, it didn't go. It didn't, it didn't go as. Didn't go as well. Uh, I actually, my team sort of stunk in the FTLS. I, I made some boneheaded trades. I was. Uh, I missed the playoffs, so my FTLS season didn't go so hot. But I'm in five, what I consider five of like serious leagues. Uh, I won one championship with all my college buddies, uh, college lacrosse guys, uh, and then I got to the finals in my family league. Um, sadly, my dad beat me pain. Uh, but yeah, that's not fun, but the FTLS, the FTLS one is, is the big one. And that one, I, my team was hot garbage. I had, a. am in a rebuild right now. I'm a little bit of a rebuild boys, but (laughs) I'm not, I'm not stressed about it because 2020 looks, looks, looks bright. John and I are in the same division. So I'm the commissioner and the way I set it up is in the way we want it as a, as a league is uh, you, you're basically winning the division is, is massive. And, and that's, you know, how the NFL is set up obviously as well. So we play everybody in our division twice throughout the season. And then you play the other, you know, six or seven games uh, out of division or whatever it is. Um, so John and I have had our fair share of battles over the Rivalries. last five years. And, and it's been, you know, honestly, it's been pretty even like, I don't think anybody really gets has gotten the best of the other over the last five years when it comes to uh, the two games we play each other. Yeah, I think we're. I think if we went back to the the five year record, I think it's probably pretty split. Mm-hmm. 
You have a title though, so but that automatically trumps any regular season win I have over you. And exactly you have a that. Sun Poon Cup. And then obviously this year we're all in a, a very special dynasty league together. Yes, Although we've yeah. weirdly got three teams uh in there because you two are partnered. Stocks mm-hmm. has his own, and then I'm partnered with Scottish Bowl Nine champ Gary Haddow. Nice, nice. Nice. No, no, we don't. We don't need to talk about this league. Why? This, it's no. a great league. It is a good league. It's a great league. I just made a real error in the draft process. I think you did. I think no, I I your team came off just fine. I mean, my team is strong. If you don't need to play a quarterback, unless Jared <laughs> Stippen's really good, and then I'm sound. No, so. you, yeah. picked, you picked QBs in this league. You picked Drew Locke. You picked. You went like multiple QBs. I uh, I you underestimated I underestimated the super flex no, have, as well right. stocks so don't feel bad no stocks stocks didn't mess up in there he no, he's got no, a this, different league he's thinking about yeah I, I'm in another league with Gary and Murph and I I don't think it's super flex I don't think I drafted a quarterback until like round twelve yeah, yeah, or something you went like really that late. Oh, okay yeah. okay yeah no that's bad <laughs> that John I don't remember being super disappointed about the roster that that you John's been making the picks but we've been consulting back and forth and I think his ideas were were very you know on point on what he wanted to do he's like look i want to win i want to win now and i'm like okay let's let's do this your stocks your your roster your qbs are aaron Rodgers, josh allen drew lock tyrod taylor yeah you're fine stocks yeah that's 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 perfectly fine (laughs) different league different league yeah i was uh (laughs) i just i just want this for the record for the first time ever in my life i drafted mitchell trubitsky with the very last pick (laughs) <laughs> the very last pick in the twentieth round. Yes, you took Mitch Trubisky. Yes, the reason you did. why there's logic behind this because there's nothing wrong we, with that. I don't think there is in the super because if he because if he wins the job, yeah, he's our sixth QB. I think. Well, we got Cam, so he's somewhere between our fifth and sixth QB. I don't know. It's purely a value play. If he wins mm-hmm. the job, then I'm I'm we're selling. Yep. If and he wins if he, the job, I'm knocking on your door because I have Nick. Yeah, Foles. I was going to say someone's buying. There's, there's three teams with there's three teams with only two QBs in that league, so someone's oh, going to wow. need to pony up for him. And that's what we thought. It's like if he wins the job, we can sell him. And if not, then you know we we drafted a few players with complete upside because we just didn't bother drafting a kicker or a DST. Right, right. Think about the people who drafted uh, Ryan Tannehill in the very last round last year. They they were pretty happy, right? Unless they dropped him. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, cool. So let's get into a little bit. We've got about 20 minutes left. Um, get a little bit into uh, a look ahead for, for 2020. So one of the things I want to pick you, your guys' brains about, because you're doing series at the moment of wide receivers, quarterbacks, you haven't quite got to, to tight ends yet. So I'm really curious as to your tight end strategy, because this is a constant uh, debate here at Five Yard Rush Towers between do you I'm... go QB, uh, uh, sorry, tight end early and get one of the solid guys like a Kittle and um, a Kelsey, or do you do you punt it and go somewhere in the middle rounds, or do you just completely punt it and just take a guy uh, at some point wherever he falls? Um, I'm big on I'm big on getting a Kelsey or a Kittle if you can, depending on where you where you're picking. If you're in the back of the first round um, and you can come in the beginning, early second turn and grab yourself Kittle or Kelsey, 
uh, and lock up that position. You get, I think you get such a positional advantage with those two guys that I'm okay with it. Outside of those two, though, I'm not picking any of those like middling tight ends, any of those, you know, Hunter Henry's um, in that eight to 10 range. Cause to me, it's like, I'm better off just completely punting and I'll grab someone super late and see what I can piece together and patchwork together. Uh, or I want Kittle Kelsey and I'll put Mark Andrews maybe, maybe in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the the top tight ends, I think if the value's right, um, sure. Like a Kelsey, a Kittle, even a Nerds or Andrews, but when it comes to tight ends for me, like John kind of alluded to, um, if the upside is not massive, if they don't, and you know what, it could be fake upside as well. Like, but look at, I think we know what Jared Cook is at this point in his career. He's very serviceable, but I'm out for drafting purposes because I know what Jared Cook is. Like, I just know it. Like, it's nothing, he's not going to turn into Kelsey or whatever. Uh, for that reason, I'll usually pass because, you know, he's going to go higher than I ever want to take him. And I'll usually, if I don't get one of those top guys, I'm just going to go upside picks that way. If it does not work out, you can drop it and play the roulette game on the waiver wire with tight end if you have to. Um, I think that's the one position I am very comfortable with doing because, you know, the consistency there has just been lacking outside of uh, the top five guys. And I know some people like that. They like the uh, guy that they can just set it and forget it with. Um, But that position, because it's just one position, I would rather stream if I don't have a top end player um, and shoot for upside in in my draft, draft, draft upside, you know, the fans, the John Smith's, the Najoku's like all these guys who are going to be free picks. Uh, Some of them are going to be free picks later. I'm going to take them. And if they don't work out, I'll pick uh, – I'm sure Jimmy Graham will be on your waiver wire. <laughs> Eric Eric Ebron will be looking just fine every week. Yeah. So, BJ, just before Murph jumps in here and tries to broadside you, what what value would you would you say Kittle or Kelsey is for you to be able to pull the trigger on that? Ooh, that is a, that is a great question. Um, last year I was heavy on the Kelsey being a first-round pick train. Um, I've kind of faded off that, uh, on the back of, you know, these, it it seems like the top end of the new, uh, tight ends because they spread the ball around the the NFL so much is probably going to be 130 targets on these top end tight ends, like, a Kelsey or Kittle. So I, 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 my projection of Kelsey being this 150 target monster was just never really came to fruition. But at the same time, if you look at those two players, like a guy like Kelsey, like, Look, he's you take your shot at at him because you'd expect one of these days he's going to fall into 10 to 15 touchdowns and that's going to be an absolute massive advantage. So if you feel comfortable with him, back into the first, you know, front end of the second is a perfectly fine place to take a guy and if he hits, if he's a 13 touchdown guy, you're you know, the gap between number one tight end to five is going to be so great that uh, you're going to feel fine with that investment, but I'm probably not doing it this year. Probably the middle to the back of the first for, for a guy like that or back of the second. Sorry. Came off. Oh, all I was just going to say is that's never happened. What's that? <laughs> the 130 targets and 15 touchdowns. 
it's never no happened. yeah and it's probably never going to happen um so in the playbook itself i actually wrote about this when i talked about tight end streaming uh i worked out what the actual cost is for a kettle a kittle or uh, a nurse or um a kelsey and kelsey kind of gets his own tier spoiler mm-hmm. alert right but you're actually giving up points because you're points per game average over a random Joe Schmo, like a Jared Cook. And I know you're saying I'm not drafting him. I'll draft him in the ninth round. I'm all drafting him in the ninth round every time. It's just give me your know, top five, top five tight end every year. It's just, it's just, you date that to the bank. Yes, it's not upside, but it's just, he's going to be in the top half of the tight ends. There is some consistency with him and he will get touchdowns and he will get points. The gap between Jared Cook and, and Kelsey is around 3.6 something points per game on average. Mm-hmm. What you're foregoing in the first round is uh, a, a solid running back one. And so if you have to punt that one round, two rounds later, you're losing over four points a game. If not, more. it's it's not an easy strategy to draft any no. of these tight ends high. It really you, isn't. You have to hit every pick mm-hmm. to do it, and I think that's why I can't do it. Because and let and listen, if you draft one and it goes on, and you, you win your league, like congratulations, because you've drafted like a demon. But mm. I just I I just like to play percentages and look at odds of probability of people hitting and, and tight ends just don't give you enough yes you can take tight kettle uh, kelsey's the tight end one and he'll probably finish as a tight end one but it's the same with drafting quarterback early you just never get the return on what you invest it just doesn't happen you don't get the you. you don't get the points <laughs> per game uh, return and maybe this year it might be different but until someone gives me some data that says it works no um, i agree i agree with that 100 percent. i'm not even gonna not even going to try to rebuttal it because I would most likely this year, I, like I said, I wouldn't even think about taking him to the back of the second, mid second, but still, and I'm also not on the side of, I don't know if I believe that he's over 10. He has to be over 10 touchdowns this year. He has to, to really pay off. And there's going to be people that, you know, you got to put your stamp on that. And it's really, you know, John and I talk about it a lot. It's constructing your roster is more important than drafting it just always is always will be and that's how you win leagues um and there's risks that you can take um to take advantage of situations and there aren't and i think some people would think kelsey i know john has in the past as well and and even early in this year um felt like there's risks to take with kelsey you know in the second round that he's willing to try um, but it does make it dicey when you're drafting. It makes it dicey to, to try to figure out the rest of your team, and you have to have a lot of confidence. Yeah, you have to be I've, – I've done it in some mocks because I just want to try, uh, see what life would be like taking someone like a Kelsey or Kittle early in mocks and see how the rest of the draft shakes out. And you do need to hit on the rest of your draft. The rest of your picks need to be pretty spot on or you're going to be in trouble. I would never I deter people from – drafting good football players that's my thing like you you know a lot of people a lot of fantasy analysts are about the value and all that stuff which is good but uh i just don't want to ever on airwaves deter people from saying don't take a good football player which kelsey is so um there's a value for him obviously and look i haven't drafted him in one, I, I haven't drafted him in one mock ever <laughs> I mean, I think that's um, this a year point. at least yeah I think if you if you want to win, 
and you're prepared to do it at most costs. And that could even include potentially your own enjoyment of the players that you own. Then that's the kind of advice that we're kind of spilling. But ultimately, it's about having fun. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to draft your favorite players, draft your favorite players. Like that's yeah. the game. You do what you want to do. If you're going to be happy playing that every every week, and you're just happy being in the league and being buddies, and you want to own all your favorite players, you should absolutely do that. I advocate that as a strategy 100%. As long as you walk away at the end of the season and you are happy with the way it went and you are happy with the enjoyment that you got out of it, then you should absolutely do that. And I think you made a great point because I guess I always talk about things from a winning perspective. If you want to win, these are the things you've got to do to to help you win. And sometimes doing those things isn't isn't fun. It's not fun streaming um, Ryan Tannehill as a, as a quarterback. It's not like it's not. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the best <laughs> thing I've ever done. And it's not, it's not fun trawling through the waiver wire trying to find, you know, uh, a wide receiver two on a on a pretty poor team that has a favorable schedule and doing that most weeks. Like that's work. It's not. It's it's fun if you win, but mm-hmm. it's not a guaranteed strategy. And I think that's key. Is if you just enjoy the game and you just hey, I want to draft my favorite players or all the players from the same team. If I want to do that, then you do it. If you, if you have fun doing it and you're going to have a laugh and you're that guy in your league, you know, there was a Twitter conversation I was in earlier and um, the, the guy who, who responded, he was just like, you know, I'm kind of the butt of my league because I draft Josh Gordon every year. But I just always believe this year is his year. And I just think <laughs> it's now just become a tradition. Like I've got to draft Josh Gordon. Like that's, that's, that's like my thing. That's what I'm known for. And you think that's kind of what these leagues are about. You're all known for doing something, you know, really kooky and really weird. So, yeah, I think I think definitely advocate that if, if that's what you want to do. I think it's a, uh, a great point. Um, we've got about 10 minutes uh, left. So I know we have plenty of questions and I think we're just going to have to bring you back on because okay. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, we've, we've, we've gone through probably about 20% of what we were going to talk about, <laughs> but there's some good content here, which sounds like I've... standard for our show. We, we have notes and we write everything down and then we get through about 15, 20% of it. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, and we're the same and the best shows. And I think we've put a lot of great content here about fandom and just playing the game and, uh, it's been a blast. So I think we're just going to have to have you on in a couple of weeks or whatever we can make this work. And we'll talk about some more serious stuff. Um, but I think the the one thing we do want to talk about, because so uh, John and I, when John had me on the podcast, we we said we were, we got we got to form a league. And, you know, we got to pull five of your best guys and five of our best guys. Ooh. Yep. And we got to, we got to do a league and we go yep. like a Ryder Cup, a President's Cup sort of thing, right? That's we, a great we've got, idea. We've got to I do like it. like the Ryder Cup format. So <laughs> I've, I've put together a format and we can hash it out. Um, I, I put it down in the dock, but here's how I'm thinking you're doing it. You guys own one team. We own one team. And then it's literally a case of you go and find your five best players we go and find our best players. You can only pick American players. We can pick European players. Um, we'll oh, probably... does that mean we can't have Andy Holloway? Because that's irritating. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't have Andy Holloway, but we can we can get some. And then how I thought we would do this is redraft league, we'll, we'll, and we'll do a, a trophy for the the podcast that wins this thing. So I was thinking, you know, we'll have an individual prize for whoever ends up winning this whole thing. 
um, mm. and we'll do something. We can put our heads together on what that is, but we'll have a trophy. We Maybe if this goes well, we'll do it every year where it's a trophy that either we will win or, or you will win. And the loser has to pay the shipping costs. Love it. I like that. <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> because that's going to be the biggest cost. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, so if, if that's the case, um, and then what I was thinking was, um, we do this. So 12 team league, you're going to ha- you have to play everybody in the league once because that's just only fair. So that's 11 fixtures, 13 week regular season. The other two, we mix them up. So, people from five year rush have to play guys from uh, FTLS. So you end up playing, you know, seven games or eight games against, is that right? I'm doing the maths now. Seven and <laughs> five, six, seven, seven. So it's seven and then seven and then five. Yeah. So it's seven and five. So you play seven games against FTLS in the regular season. You play five against your own. Oh, I like in, that. In the head to head matches with a five year rush versus five year rush or, FTLS, FTLS. There's no points. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the heads-up battles between Five Year Rush and FTLS team, there's a point to the winner of that week, and then you accrue the points through the season, and then you get to the playoffs. And again, if a member of Five Year Rush plays a member of FTLS, it's it's a point as well, um, and you rack up the points, and then depending on where everyone finishes, there's points at the end. So the winner of the league gets 20 points for their team. It's wow. significant to pay for. Second yeah. runner-up gets 15, third gets 10, fourth gets seven, five gets three, uh, fifth wow. gets five, and then six gets three. So if you make the playoffs, you're making points for your team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a great idea. Seventh, I eighth, know. Seventh, eighth, ninth, you get no points. So you don't lose any, but you don't make any points for your team. This is brutal. But if, you, <laughs> if you're in the bottom three, you get minus two, minus five, or minus seven. Love it. You gotta, you have to, this is, I just want to use this as a PSA as well. You have to punish whatever team comes in last. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you do. But if you're in a fantasy league and the people who come in last aren't punished yeah. in some way, you're doing oh, yeah. it wrong. So I've just changed it to minus 10 just on that point. There you go. So it's Perfect. minus five and minus 10. So there's Good. an incentive to win. Nice. Because I if love you, that. If you, because you winning the toilet bowl could be the difference between your team winning and your team losing. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is great. So it makes every I'm match meaningful. Hopefully. Yeah. Unless, of course, one team completely blows it out and it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, I have a feeling if I grab, if I grab five of uh, the FTLS guys – it, we won't be blowing anybody out of the water. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll have so, to dig a little deeper. So I guess what the one thing we haven't decided is what the selection criteria is going to be. Are you just going to handpick guys or are you going to offer I, spots? Or, I mean, this is what I'm curious I, about. How- we would probably, I think, I think we're going to have to, John, we'd have to go after our best players. The, 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 the top of the top over the last five years, the Bova bakery, the, yep. I'd invite the bakery the in. I'd invite the Gronks in and then maybe go out to uh, the listeners and see out of our listeners if there's anyone who'd want to join the I, other. I think the fifth I think I think the fifth option would have to be a listener spot. Either a listener or just uh, you know, uh, somebody in the league that records aside that you know just brings a lot of passion john's that's what you need <laughs> john's staff brings the passion you, brings you need, the noise you, you need a pat reed in your team yeah. yeah oh that listen 
if there is anybody who's nobody cheerleads harder than my boy John Staff. He he is <laughs> he is my number one fan. He's your number one fan always, all the time. Uh, so jeez, uh, I love that. Yeah, he brings the energy. He he'd be in there for sure. How are we doing it, Stonks? I don't know. I was just sorry. I was daydreaming <laughs> there about the fact that. You know when you uh, you see e-games and the teams roll out of the tunnel with all the lasers and stuff and they've all got staff shirts on, I'm knocking five of them bad boys up. Oh, they wow. And we'd, that yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, we got book sale money. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you did. Yeah. straight. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. I can't believe it took this long. We haven't said it. Congratulations oh, on yeah. the book. That thing's it's, great. Uh, it's awesome, dude. It, it's great to see hard work, um, you know, really take off. And you guys, I know you put a lot of hard work into it, so. I read most of it the other day too. It was, it was good stuff. Really great stuff. We appreciate it. We just wanted to put something out there for people to use and pick up. And if you, if you've bought a copy, tweet us a copy of like a photo of it. So people have started doing that. It's really cool. It's just yeah. cool to see if you haven't bought it, you can still buy it, but yeah, stocks thinking about, are we going to, are we going to give away a listener spot, two listener spots? Are we going to handpick guys? Yeah, no, I, I think we should pick three members of the staff um and they can all duke it out i know you're listening boys so uh the, <laughs> right, i imagine stop. the group chat's gonna gonna blow up from this okay um yeah and then i think we've got to we've got to include some of the, the nation right you know we're nothing without rush nation so if we're if they're not in representing so i think we should come up with some way of them maybe writing a little blurb or something Ooh, about why it. they deserve a spot so here's, here's what i was thinking and you can tell me if you're off base with this or not I was thinking we give two spots to the staff, not three. Ooh, I think okay. we bring a ringer in, a hand-picked, we don't a hand-picked know anyone. recruit. <laughs> I think we, we, can, we can draw on some names and we can pick a guy between us that we think okay. gives us the best opportunity to win. Because these guys are handpicking half their team. I feel like we got we got to pick one. <laughs> I mean, if you put if you're putting like some you know some clout on it like this, it's I want I want to be I able to win decisions. Yeah. Who's who's on my team? Oh, no. We we I think we we got to pick one ringer. I think we pick two for the staff, and I think we do one person who's bought the book, and one That's for the smart. nation. That's smart. Okay. If you haven't bought the book yet, it's well, a great excuse to buy the book is. and use it to get in. <laughs> and, and use promo code FTLS to save yourself 20% off. There you go. <laughs> no big deal. Boom. No I, big I know deal. people, in, I know so people in big places. Yeah, you do. That's like cross-pollination into pod promo coding right there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, i got a feeling though, Murphy, you already know who this ring is going to be without... Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll just bring in the fifteen-pound cannon and sink some uh, FTLS galleons over there, anyway. So oh. let's, let's let's do that. Oh, man. I'm um. Oh, I'm excited for that trophy on the desk. Absolutely, year, it's going to look sick when we hit the live stream. Oh, it's going to it's going to be beautiful. I cannot wait. <laughs> An international trophy will look really nice right next to the Sun Poon Cup, Brian, in the Here for yep. Beer headquarters. Ooh, I think it'll win. look good. Well, you, you'll be able to get one at least, but yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 I love it. So, if you if you want in on our listener spots, tell us why. Book if you bought a book, tell us why you want in. What you're going to bring to the table. It's like a job interview. It's the most important job interview of your life. Yes. I, I yes. want passion. I want dedication. I want a detailed reason why you want to get in and you know sell it properly. Sell it. I want to know how you've won ships. I want to know all the dirty tactics that you've done stashing players to stop other players from winning i want to know i want to know it all I, we're looking for any importer here we're looking for someone who 
you know, is oh my boy. <laughs> we are looking for someone who just <laughs> is going to take this, is going to bleed blue and orange for five yard rush. I, I mean, if if you want to be an agent provocateur about it and and you know represent five yard while sneaking onto the FL FTLC boys over there, <laughs> little cool. You know, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, this has got all different levels. I love this. I love this it. is awesome. A lot of layers so, here. Right. So tell us why you want to join and we'll, we'll take it under advisement. If you bought a book, it's giving you an extra chance to win. So uh, do that. But anyway, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, fellas loved it. We, yeah, we've got to bring you back on in a couple of weeks time. It's we'll, we'll, we'll work it offline. We'll get a date and sure. um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on. Cause we've got some cool stuff to talk about. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find your amazing podcast um, and where they can interact with you guys personally. Cause I think you, you, you'll definitely get some, some people want to talk to you if nothing else, uh, talk some trash to you when we take you down. Oh, listen, I'm the best <laughs> at tra- talking trash. And if you want to, you can try to you can try to mince words with me on Twitter at FTLS underscore JBATS. Um, I'm a I'm a whiz on there. So you can try, but my spirits are pretty high. And you can find the podcast basically anywhere you stream podcasts. It's under FTLS Fantasy Football, uh, for the love of Sunday's fantasy football podcast. It's um it's great. You can follow Brian at FTLS at FTL Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I always <laughs> screw that up. At FTL Sunday um and that's brian so yeah you can get us we're, we're pretty active on twitter i try and answer as many questions uh in season obviously we do all those start sits and the, the usual suspects um we do our very famous bazooka flex of the week so it's a flex play that's outside of uh basically is probably sitting on your waiver wires it's outside of uh consensus ranking that would be in someone's roster so that's always a fun sort of s- segment for us yeah that's it in all seriousness, though, guys, I'm a bit of an, an audiophile and, and sound is important to me. And you have one of the cleanest pods out there sound wise. So I appreciate it on that level as well as the fantasy football level. So, Thank you. Yeah. It's, Thanks, man. It's tight. That goes a long way. Actually, it's funny. Funny story. We um, there was uh, in 98.5. This is a radio station back home for us in Boston. Uh, we had this guy. Uh, this guy. Oh, my God. I'm drawing his name. Jim Murray. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, who is on a show on, on 98.5. And so he came into my bar one day and I just recognized him. I said, hey, Jim, it would be a big honor if you could just l- listen to the podcast, uh, give me some feedback, what you think. And the first thing he said was, you know, get your sound quality up. Like, that's what you need to do. If you want to take this serious, just get your sound quality up because it doesn't matter what you're saying. If you sound like garbage, no one's going to want to listen. So Brian went to Bob the Builder and built a little studio in the garage. <laughs> the, the, we call it the kissing booth. And it, yeah. the sound quality has been top notch ever since. And so invested uh, in some mics too. And, and big credit to Brian for the mics and the, um, and the kissing booth for, for the sound quality. But thank you. We appreciate that. That goes a long way for us. We, we really try for sound quality. Well, it's definitely there and definitely a hundred percent on point. And, you know, I wouldn't say if it wasn't true, cause I, I love a bit of audio. So yeah, I definitely appreciate it on the level, but guys, Murph was right. We do have to have you back on because there's so much more we need to talk about. And, and Hey, this has been an absolute blast. And I can only apologize again for my blase introduction to the podcast, but no, <laughs> genuinely you guys are top notch. Thank Thanks, you. Man. I appreciate you. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. We'll have you back on for sure. Murph, this has been fun. It always is. It's Tuesday, but Hey, let's stay safe. 
Rush Nation, if you haven't got yourself a copy of the book, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk, pick up a copy there on PDF. Or if you fancy a paperback, it's on Amazon. Head over there, you can get it primed with you in two to three days. Mine turns up tomorrow. I'm, I don't know why I'm so excited, because I wrote it, but I can't wait to hold a copy of my own book. So Murph's had his. It's my turn to get the picture on, on the social, so I'm looking forward to that. But Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.